Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey guys, it's Hope. I play Ava. If you're enjoying the show, don't forget to rate and review on iTunes. Thanks and enjoy the show. Seven Lamb Productions presents to you End of All Hope Season 2 Episode 9 Bullies That's a lot of supplies you have in there. Who'd you rob? No one. We found most of that in a gas station. A gas station, huh? Yes. Well, that's still considered stealing. Neil, get over here. Another man emerged from the corn stalks. He was a scrawny guy with big ears. He wore a plain red baseball cap and a plaid shirt. The two men kept their guns on us. Again, don't try anything funny. You're being watched by more people than you can imagine. I have a big family. I scanned the cornfield, but saw no one else. They got a lot of stuff, Neil. Good. Makes up for what we lost. What do you think we should do with them? Eh, you can let them go. Really? Yeah, screw them. Okay, you heard, Neil. Go. Go? Yeah, you're free to go. It felt like a trap. Just head back the way you came. We heard there's a large group of people walking along the highway. You can join them. Not sure where they're heading, though. You're keeping the truck? I said everything. Please, we're trying to get to California. (laughs) And you're not going to want to join those people. I think they're heading the opposite way. Take all our stuff. Food, water, gun, whatever. But don't leave us stranded. Don't leave us nothing. Don't leave you stranded? Don't leave you with nothing? See that house over there? With the smoke still rising up? That's ours. That's her home. Military came through, burned her house, burned her crops, killed her livestock. Would have killed us too if we didn't hide in the cellar. They took our stuff and didn't give one shit. Well, we were lucky to save a portion of our house from the fire once they left. Still smoking, though. (laughs) Lucky. Sure, we were lucky. Please. We're not leaving you with nothing. You got your lives. Now that's something. Their two-story house was nearly half gone. Covered in ash and other debris. The military did that? That's right. So much for protecting us. Bastards destroyed everything. Every farmhouse down this whole stretch. We even heard them shooting the mandolin's father, mother, and daughter. We were ready for them. That's right, we were. You ain't gonna kill my mother, my daughter. All they had to do was open that cellar and BAM! They would've got a surprise. 
We got some payback, though. Oh, yes, we did. Nabbed one of them military brats going through her mother's bedroom. While the house was still in flames. That's right. He was a straggler. He'll regret it now. We'll make sure of that. Did he say why they torched everything? No. All he's been doing is begging for us to let him go. Not gonna do that. Had to shove a sock in his mouth. We got tired of hearing him beg. He'll learn not to steal from us. I'm sorry about that, but that wasn't us. We didn't do anything to you. Well, life's not always fair. That's what we learned. We get things taken from us, we end up taking things from other people. Just how it is. It doesn't have to be that way. I'm running low on patience. Now, Neil said we should let you go, and I like to listen to my brother. But if you two don't turn around and start walking, things are going to get nasty real fast. Mark and I looked at each other. Take care now. I could feel how angry Mark was. He shook his head, then nodded. He grabbed my hand. Let's go. But... Let's go. Better listen to your man. Everything we had was just gone. Not because of the creatures, but because of some spiteful farmers. We still have our lives. That's the most important. Until they shoot us in the back. Really hoping that doesn't happen. I glanced back as the two guys went through our supplies. This is just like the gun shop, all over again. Now how are we supposed to make it back to California? We still have a long way to go, Mark. Let's just get out of here before those guys change their mind about letting us go. later, we were far enough away. Mark, what are we going to do? Look where we are. We don't have a vehicle. We don't have any weapons. We don't have any food or water. We're not even walking in the right direction. I know. We haven't seen many cars driving around. And all the cars sitting on the highway were probably left there because they don't work. Those creatures probably use their little EMP device to put them out of commission. I know. Getting to California is way more difficult than I could have imagined. I tried not to tear up, but all I could do right now is think about Scott, about my mom. How long would they stay in Ramona? How long could they stay? I told you it wouldn't be easy. I don't need a lecture right now. That's not what I'm doing. This was never going to be easy. The more time that passes, the less likely Scott will still be in Ramona. We have two options, Ava. Mark stopped walking. What are you doing? Two options. We keep walking, try and find more supplies, another form of transportation. Although all the farmhouses around here have been burnt down, so supplies are going to be limited. Or we get our stuff back. Really? How many people do you think were over there? We saw two. Think they had their family waiting out in the cornfields? 
Most of it was burnt down, but I don't know. I couldn't see anyone else, but that doesn't mean they weren't there. He mentioned a mother and a daughter. When those looters put a gun to Jay's head and planned to steal our car, I didn't let them. I don't feel like letting these guys take our stuff and leaving us stranded out here. When night falls, we'll be completely vulnerable. Do you think the truck will still run? The truck's fine. I mean, not fine. It's missing a couple windows and a headlight. But it'll still get us to California. It could be dangerous. Those guys will put up a fight. How do we do this? We wait for the sun to go down. We scope out their place, and then we take back what's ours. We walked onto some property that looked deserted. Two dead horses lay in the tall grass, flies buzzing around them. We searched a barn that was all but burned down. Only one wall stood. Let's see if we can't find anything useful. This is the country. Maybe we can find a gun laying around. I'm sure all the good stuff's been taken. Just find me a good piece of wood with a nail in it, and I'll make good use of it. The way Mark spoke actually put me on edge. Although I was angry about losing our stuff, Mark seemed to take it to another level. Mark, are you sure about this? As much as I hate losing our stuff, I'm having second thoughts. Ava, I'm not going to do anything I don't have to. If I don't have to put myself in danger, I won't. I'm going to go for the truck and for some of the supplies. That's all. Trust me. Last thing I want to do is get caught up in a battle with Butch and his brother. Let's just worry about the truck, Mark. If we get the truck, we can find more supplies. We continue to sift through debris. Why do you think the military came through destroying everything? Who knows? But they started firing at the people at the quarantine zone. But that was during an attack. This... I mean, they, they just walked through shooting up the place, burning homes. It's sad. And now we have to deal with the aftermath? But I guess since they had their stuff taken away from them, it makes sense that they would take it away from others. But it's fucking bullshit. What? The whole idea of bullying, breeding bullies. It happens. It does. But it's not an excuse. Those guys aren't 12 years old. They lived in the real world. We aren't the assholes who took from them. Ava? Did I ever tell you about the time I got bullied in middle school? I don't think so. It was 8th grade. I'd been dating this girl Kelly for a while. Cute girl. She was my first girlfriend, and I was in love. We dated all through 7th grade and most of 8th. But near the end of school year, she broke up with me. And she did it at school. In the office. No one was around that I knew of. I was crying. Sam Breckner and Lowell Montgomery were hiding in the back room. They turned on the PA system so the whole school could hear Kelly rip into me while I sobbed and begged. See, Kelly was a nice girl, but 
some rumors spread about me and some other girls, so she ripped into me good. It was embarrassing. When I found out the PA system was on, I knew it was those two jerks. And it didn't stop there. More rumors spread. And, well, eighth grade was not my favorite year of school. Why did they pick on you? I eventually found out that Sam liked Kelly. He was just jealous she liked me, so he ruined my relationship with her. Did you tell him you knew? After homecoming. That's how I got this. Mark lifted his pants leg and turned his ankle towards me. Above his ankle was a scar. After homecoming, I told him I knew. He proceeded to beat the crap out of me. Now, I was a small kid, but I could have held my own. This posse of dysfunctional brats didn't come to his aid. They beat me up good. The scar came from a bottle. I guess I was lucky it hit there. They were throwing it at my face. I'm sorry. I told myself after that day I wouldn't be bullied ever again. And I wasn't. High school was a breeze. Hell, I was prom king. What? You were? You never told me that. <laughs> I was. I was pretty popular. Complete 180 from middle school. So, you're not going to let them bully us? Mark lifted his shirt sleeve to show the bandage from his gunshot wound. Now I have this from those goddamn looters. Another soon-to-be scar. They tried to take our car, and I didn't let them. We'll get our stuff back. <sighs> then let us find some weapons. Uh, maybe I should go alone tonight. What? No. Ava, I need to do this quietly. Stealthily. You're not leaving me alone at night around a bunch of burnt corn and dead cows. Ava. No, Mark. We do this together. Remember? You got your ass whooped by Sam and his posse. This time, you won't be alone. Okay. Let's find two pieces of wood with nails in it. We did find some wood, but I still felt uneasy. Those guys had rifles. And not only that, we didn't know how many family members there were. We took a different dirt road back towards their property. We took our time to let the sun go down. We walked into a clearing surrounded by burned trees. The sun continued its descent. And as it did, my heart raced. Mark paced back and forth, and he got himself amped up. Okay, when the sun goes down, we'll make our way over to their property. We'll scout it out, and we'll see. See what? See what we're dealing with. Don't worry, Ava. The truck is the most important. I know that. We still had a little while before it was completely dark. I walked over to a burnt log and sat. Mark, can I ask you a question? Sure. Mark touched the log I was sitting on before taking a seat himself. Did you just check to see if it was hot? Maybe. I wouldn't have sat if it was. What was your question? If you were Scott, how long would you wait? As long as I could. What if something forced you out? Like the creatures? 
Or the military. I don't know what I would do. These people didn't leave, and half their house was burned down. Who, Tucker and Dale? They have no other place to go. I can't speak for Scott. But if I were him, I would wait as long as I could. The ones you love, they're the things worth living for. Fighting for. I just keep having this feeling that we're going to get to Ramona, and he's not going to be there. Don't think about it. That's the best advice I can give. Mark stood and began his pacing again. Let's focus on the truck first. I nodded and watched Mark spin the piece of wood in his hand. Scott would stay, and so would my mom. They would wait for me. Don't think about it, Ava. I looked down at my feet and noticed a weird patch of blue-green fungus under my shoe. I lifted my foot to see more of it. I'd never seen anything like it before. I kicked the leaves around it, but saw only dirt. Mark! Shh, Ava, not so loud. Sorry, but look at this. Mark came over and bent down. What is that? Don't touch it. Thank you, I know that. Hmm, it's not moss. A fungus, maybe? Looks like a type of algae, but not one I've ever seen before. That doesn't make sense. I didn't see any body of water around here. Exactly. The bluish-green color was surprising. It stuck out among the dried and burnt leaves of the clearing. Not sure how I missed it before. Mark got up and made his way to the edge of the clearing. I could tell he was on edge. I was having second thoughts about our stuff. The sun continued to descend, and an hour later, it was gone. We spied on the house from the edge of the property. We saw candlelights in the windows. It was too early. We thought the best time to make our move would be when things settled down. Another hour passed. We moved through the cornfield, stealthily, with only the moonlight to guide us. The sky was cloudy, only allowing for intermittent light when the moon wasn't blocked. Most of the stalks were burnt, so we had to move where cover was thicker. The closer we got to the house, the faster my heart beat. We made it to their barn, which was also in ruins. We stayed there for a while. We kept an eye on the movement within the house. A large woman in a ripped dress carried a lantern around the house. Mark and I stayed in the shadows and waited. We counted five people. Tucker and Dale, the guys who had taken our stuff. But we also saw the large woman, a younger teenage girl, and a teenage boy. I think it's just the five of them. Just? They seem preoccupied with fixing up the house. Let's wait till they go to sleep. Okay. The waiting gave me anxiety, but we were able to scope out the house, all the exits. Our truck was parked in front. Another larger truck next to it was charred, its tires a melted mess. Hours passed, and several of the candles in the windows were blown out. When the lantern shut off, the movement within stopped. 
I think they maybe all be sleeping in the living room. I saw the large woman head down the hall. Maybe there's a bedroom in back. Let's give it one more hour. Make sure they're all asleep. But Mark, what if there's a lookout? I'm sure there will be. They know what's out here. They won't let their guard down. I don't like this. There's too many of them. What if they're sleeping with the keys in their pocket? You won't be able if to- If I can get a gun. My heart continued to race. Ava, I think I should go alone. No. I'll move quicker. No, Mark. We do this together. Okay, come on. We made our way towards the house. There's an opening over there. Mark pointed to the right side of the house where half of the wall was missing. We headed that way. Clouds moved in front of the moon, casting a shadow of the whole area. We moved slower, careful not to make noise. Mark led the way. I was surprised they didn't leave one light on. Something for a lookout. The way their house was now left them totally exposed. Maybe we can go in. That's when Mark tripped and fell. Shit! They had set up an alarm system. Cans rattled. I looked up at the house and saw a lantern come on. Then a flashlight. Something's outside. Run! End of All Hope Written and edited by Robert M. Lamb Starring Hope Ennis as Ava Nick Engelhard as Mark Co-starring Lucas Webley and Brian Messick Music provided by Eldritch Chichala at ReverbNation.com slash Nemesis Black Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com and Dylan Mixer at dmixmusic.com If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to rate and review. Visit www.7lamb.com for more podcasts such as this one. This has been a Seven Lamb production.